Okay, so Proverbs chapter 31, verse 28 and 29. It's a familiar passage. You've all heard about being a Proverbs 31 woman, but I wanna bring an emphasis here. It says, her children arise and call her blessed. Her husband also, don't you love the Bible? Even her husband says she's blessed. And he praises her. Many women do noble things, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. This is a principle. Do I have any women at this church across all of our campuses that fear the Lord? You are worthy of praise if you fear the Lord. As a matter of fact, I heard it once said, if you fear God, you have no one else to fear. If you make your number one principal desire in life to fear the Lord, you will fear nothing or no one. And to, to please the Lord is to actually, uh, to please the Lord is to actually be in a place where you do not have to please man or your children because you can't make everybody happy all the time. And the moms know what I'm talking about. Do we have any moms in our church who are only cooking one meal, not free? Because we ain't meeting you at your level of your preferences. This is not Burger King. You can't have it your way. You can go to bed hungry kind of moms. Uber Eats kind of moms. Mom ain't feeling it today kind of moms. Eat leftovers and if there ain't no leftovers, this family's going on a fast kind of moms. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Lay up in your bed dirty. I don't care because I'm going to bed kind of moms. <laughs> Everybody's just like, I feel free. I feel free in this church. <laughs> Women have more pressure today than they ever have in society, and it's not fair. A, a, a woman today has to be so much more than God had ever intended for her to be. I mean, think about this uh, terrible Instagram experience where you watch these other women, you know, and you see the videos. They update the decor of their home every six months. Where are they getting a budget for that? Looks like TJ Maxx just vomited right in their living room. And every six months, who's painting this, these walls every six months? always with the trends, you know, and then they get on and they have their crop top and, you know, their six-pack abs and they're 57 years old. And you're like, how, how? They look like they're 25, no filter. I mean, where's the filter? You know, and they're like, hey, hey guys, I just got done. You know, I did a three-hour devotional with the Lord. I ran four miles. I'm get, I made seven figures last night while I slept and I'm getting ready to homeschool my kids while I just sent my husband off with a meal. And you're like, Pastor Julie, can you preach on depression this week? <laughs> you know, I look at these, these women on Instagram, these influencers, you know, and it's like actually absurd. I have this couple, I think it's really funny, and a couple friends, and uh, they, they take a camera everywhere they go, and they post these videos, and they put the camera on a stand, and the husband and wife, they just frolic, that's what I call it. And then, you know, they hold the guy, he picks his wife up, you know, and then they just twirl around and then they put like some Christian song in the background, you know, um, and then in the, D, you know, and then it says, you know, DM us if you have marriage problems. Well, by that standard, we all have problems because I've never frolicked with Julie before. 
I don't even know if she knows I love her. I've never been in public and set up a camera and just, just dance. Maybe I'm gonna do that today for Mother's Day. Just put a camera up, you know? Let the lion roar, purr. <laughs> You guys are weird, you want that. You're weird. But according to the internet, everybody has a marriage you can't have, has an income you can't earn, has a body you can't create. That's what it means to be online nowadays. And so it's, it's hard, but the Bible says a woman who fears the Lord, she's to be praised. That's how you get the likes and the comments and the shares and the, you know, the getting tagged. It's being tagged by heaven that says you're worthy of praise because you fear the Lord. And I just want to say, if you're a sloppy, wet kiss theology, if you're one of those buddy Jesus, he's my friend theology, if you've heard these white, vanilla, Caucasian sermons here in America where they try to tell you the fear of God, it's not real fear, fear, it's actually wall, all and wonder. No, I'm scared of him. It's real fear. And I have to say, the Hebrew meaning of fear is fear. <laughs> And all these Christians be like, well, we don't fear God because he loves us. And from that place of love, we do whatever he wants. Well, if that was the case, try that with your kids because you love your kids very well. And I mean, my kids have a bedroom in New York City. I remind them every month, this is a $2,000 rent for your room, girl. Got $4,000 in rents if you add it up, right? They might move into our room and I'll rent their rooms out. Anybody looking for a room? Come on, New York City, tag me, DM me, I got you. You can have Bella's bed. If loving your kids well made them obey you, you wouldn't need discipline. And so all this Christian theology that's like, well, the fear of God, we don't actually fear him. Yes, we do. He's a righteous judge. As a matter of fact, the same preachers who tried to tell you fear was awe and wonder cheated on their wife and messed up the finances of the church. It's like, maybe we should start fearing a righteous judge. That's how holiness is produced. I'm scared. But if you have that kind of fear, you have nothing else to fear. Isn't it beautiful? And, and I just have to say that a woman who says, I'm not scared of what the world can do to me. I'm scared of what happens when I come out of alignment with God's will. That is the fear of the Lord. Yes, it's awe and wonder, but you had awe and wonder at the fireworks display at the Epcot for Disney World. God is more than a fireworks display that you say, oh, wow, you're awesome. It's Lord, I'm trembling. And as a matter of fact, whenever an angel showed up in the New Testament, they were scared. It wasn't, oh, wow, this is wonder. It was, <gasps> I want to bring back the fear of God actually being fear. Where you say, God, my boss wants me to do something. And what my boss, the consequence of not obeying my boss is losing my check. But the consequence of not obeying you is losing my life. I'm going to fear you. <laughs> the fear of the Lord makes a woman, a mother, worthy of praise from her husband and her children. And so if you're one of those women that fear the Lord, can I just tell you, the Lord says you are to be praised. And we praise you today for fearing the Lord. It's a hard thing to take a stand for the Lord in a secular society. It's a hard thing to stand for biblical values in a world that has no values. I'm just telling you, I'm just telling you, 
And for those of you who are trying to figure out which political party I am, I'm not, because there's no party in politics. Ain't nobody having a good time. I would never hide the cross underneath any flag. I love this country, but before I'm an American, I'm a believer. And I'm here to preach you the Bible. I'm here to preach you the Bible. And that's why I have to say something I didn't think I'd have to say. But make the, and now Gen Z, if you're note takers, write this down in your notes, because I can tell you many of them do not know this. You ready for this? Might be the biggest revelation of this entire sermon for somebody. Not every woman is a mother, but every mother is a woman. Oh, they're going to cancel me. Mark Zuckerberg's just deleting my Facebook as it came out of my mouth. Not every woman is a mother. If you're a woman and you're not a mother today, today's not for you. I know that they're preaching all across America. You're a spiritual mother. No, you're not. (laughs) You're not a mom. Today's not for you. Because if you honor everyone, you actually honor no one. If everybody's a preacher, nobody's a preacher. If everybody's a teacher, nobody's a teacher. The distinction produces the honor. To be different is to become worthy of honor. That's what makes it honor. If everything is honored, then it's common. Uncommon is what produces honor. So a woman is not a man. Therefore, we honor women because they're different. I just have to say that. Adam's name meant dirt. Eve's main name meant life. A man that is trying to put on makeup and put on clothes to look like a woman in order to to, to try to appear as a woman, God looks and says, your name in the spiritual realm is still dirt. (laughs) You're not changing the nature, even though you're trying to change the name. And I have to say that because every mother is a woman. I didn't think that would be the most mind-blowing part of my sermon. And I sat down to write this, and I was like, I've got to say that. I have to say that today. Because God designed man and woman in the garden called Eden. And when you do things God's way, it produces clarity and peace. And the further you deviate from God's ways... The wisdom of the ancients for human flourishing, the more confusion you have. And we're generating our confusion. We're producing our confusion. God's ways work. They work biologically. They work socially. They work, come on, God's ways work. And that's all I'm trying to say. Praise God. Praise God. Can I go a little bit deeper? Okay, even a bad mother is a source of great lessons. Even a bad mother is a source of great lessons. I have to say that too because, you know, whether you were taught what to do or what not to do by your mother, she was still a teacher. Even a bad mother taught you what not to do. As a matter of fact, can I just help you? All authority according to Scripture is established by God. Now, that's a very hard thing to say to a whole bunch of democratic-minded people because we would not like to believe that. But you would say, Pastor Mike, all authority is established by God? What about communist regimes? What about dictators? 
What about murderous people that get into position? I didn't say that God is the cause of it. I didn't say that it is God's perfect will. But in God's sovereign wisdom, the scriptures tell us that, he, that all authority is established by God, meaning that sometimes you have to serve under Saul so that you never become Saul. Come on, David. Do you know what I'm talking about? Sometimes there has to be a Pharaoh in order to agitate you enough to say, let my people go and get out of Egypt. What if I told you, this can be kind of crude, but what if I told you that God allows authority because he will pimp the devil into using him to make his people into what they need to be? So it doesn't mean that God supports them in leadership but God uses all things for your good if you'll allow him to do it. So sometimes you have to have a bad parent so that you could become a good parent. And you said, I don't know how to be a good mother, but I will not be that kind of mother. And the Lord says, my will was done. I wanted to save all y'all, but you said, yes, so let me redeem what seems irredeemable. Isn't that amazing? And so the Bible says, one of the Ten Commandments, honor your mother and father. You don't honor them because they were good. You honor them because they were God's choice for you. Even if you don't understand it, you had the right mother. Oh, I know I just destroyed a stronghold. You had the right mother. You had the mother you needed. Oh, you had the mother you needed. Now honor God's choice. That will set you free. That will set you free. Oh, for years, I wish I had a different biological father. And when I begin to search the scriptures and I learned that all authority is given by God, the Lord said, no, you had the exact father you needed because now you're gonna become Papa Sigs. And you'd never have a value to father the nations unless you'd been orphaned by your own dad. Come on, somebody here. Some of you would never be who you were if you had a silver spoon put in your mouth. But God turned you into a hunter. God turned you into a warrior. Come on, sometimes you got to go to bed hungry before God awakens something inside of you. Sometimes you got to be rejected. And that rejection is a redirection right into the throne room of God. Some of you wouldn't have a prayer life if your mother would have prayed for you. Some of you would have never had to figure out how to launch the business if you would have inherited the business. Thank God for bad moms. Oh, I found the secret place when I was driven out of my home. Oh, I found dad's lap in the spiritual realm when mom pushed me off her knee. Oh, I'm thankful for God's authority. You let them hurt me so that you could show me true healing. Now listen, somebody tag Brene Brown in the comments section right now. I'm coming for you. I'm not coming for Oprah because I can't fight with the Illuminati this week. But Brene Brown, somebody tag her. She's made an, an entire career off of secular humanistic worldview. There's a philosophy that was transmitted from Western Europe. You understand that, that mindsets and philosophies and ways of thinking are transmitted like colds and flus. 
So something originates and then you sneeze and cough on enough people and it'll go all around the world. You understand that? And so that's what happens is you're exposed to some. Thanks for helping me preach. Somebody give her a microphone. So you're exposed to something and then it's, it's contagious. I hope you understand people historically all believed in the existence of God. You understand that? Atheism is new. Historically, people believed in either polytheism, monotheism, but the idea of there being a spiritual realm, the idea of there being something after this physical existence, the idea of accountability to God is an ancient idea. And so I need to say that because you fast forward and these ideas are transmitted. Now, here's the thing. There was a a line in philosophy called the line of despair. The line of despair was actually produced as a post-Christian phenomenon. What that meant was we're going to be scientifically minded, which as if science is in opposition to God. I just had a renowned astrophysicist on my YouTube channel named Dr. Hugh Ross, who will take you to school and teach you that the, the apex of all intelligence is a belief in God. Yeah, certifiable genius. He's an astrophysicist. Just watch my channel for the monetization. I'm just, I'm kidding. So I'm just making sure you're with me. So here's the thing. As it continues, the line of despair in Western Europe, Western European nations started to become godless. I don't have time to get into this, but then it came over to the United States. Now we're what is called a post-postmodern which means nothing, nothing has a standard. Make anything up. There are schools with litter boxes for kids who say my gender is a cat. That's post-postmodern. That means we could just make it up. Anything goes. The Bible speaks in absolutes. It doesn't talk like that. The language of God that is transmitted through the inspired word of God speaks in certainty. It's, and that's what we need to establish in the minds of our kids. And the re- I know some of the saints are slow clapping it in, and somebody else is like, oh, Lord, we're in trouble now. The underground church of America, Pastor Mike gets to pastor it first. But let me help you understand. There are people who are incapable of having children trying to indoctrinate and raise your children. And see, the Bible says when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Lord will lift up a standard against him. And sometimes we got to look back at the world and say, these are my children. You don't get to raise my kids. You don't get to tell me what I tell my kids. It's not the water around the ship that sinks it. It's the water that gets into the ship that sinks it. And you're not allowed in my kid's life. You're not allowed in my house. Devil, back up. I'm not going to re- receive it like Daniel didn't receive it in Babylon and like Joseph didn't receive it in Egypt. Back up, devil. These ain't your kids. <laughs> Somebody who never had a kid trying to tell me how to raise a kid because they're still a kid in their mind. Get out of here. Listen, I can't wait to high-five Daniel Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, Joseph, and be like, these are my homies. We were made of the same thing. Send me to the lion's den. Send me to the fiery furnace. I'm ready to go. I will not bow 
to this stuff that didn't even exist 30 years ago. Sometimes something new's not better. Just because it's new doesn't mean it's better. Give me the ancient wisdom. Give me the thing that caused the people of God to thrive in a time when every other civilization was dying. Give me the wisdom of God. Preach myself silly here in Babylon. So tag, tag them all in the comments. <laughs> <laughs> and I got to say this because our mothers need our help. They need godly men to look them in their eyes and say, you are not a sexual object to me. You are a woman worthy of honor. Need to look them in their eyes and say, you're a mother. You're an aunt. You're a sister, not an object. We, we need men to rise up and say, you know, you're distinctly made by God, and I honor what that is. And when we create that, when we begin to establish those kinds of boundaries, there is peace that flows from that. Oh, I'm on a mission. We got to learn about biblical mothers you know, Hannah's a mother that I want to highlight from the scriptures. In 1 Samuel chapter 27, or chapter 1, verse 27, Hannah is praying this drunken prayer. And listen, whenever you take your prayer life beyond the boundaries of what other people feel is reasonable, you're going to have haters. There's some people in this crowd, there's some people watching right now that think those people, it don't take all that. You don't have to be that loud. Well, let me, get, let me talk to you after your diagnosis. Let me talk to you after your boss fires you. Let me talk to you when you've been hit with some news that the apex of your intelligence is not enough to solve. Because every human being has a limit. You hear what I'm saying? And so don't judge my worship because I'm getting results from my worship. Don't judge my praise because someone is responding to my praise. Don't judge how loud it gets because I'm shutting the devil down. So Brene Brown, and if you want to get saved, Brene, you just reach out to my team because this secular humanistic worldview, you know what it says? Brene Brown made a whole career off of this. I'm going to do her move. You're enough. You're enough. What? I don't feel like enough. You're enough. You're enough. I understand the sentiment. I'm intelligent enough to understand the sentiment is you don't think you're enough, but you're enough. Problem is that's antithetical to the gospel. When you have a biblical worldview, not a secular humanistic worldview that you inherited after the line of despair from Western Europe, that's only a couple hundred years old. And Gen Z's got a new one that's only five years old. If you actually have a biblical worldview, you would know there's a tremendous peace that comes from my acknowledgement that I am not enough. I will never be enough. 
I'll never be smart enough to obtain the vision that God showed me in the dream. Joseph understood that it's going to have to be God. Oh, I'm never enough to get all the way to that palace. I'm just a poor shepherd boy on the backside of a hill. I know I'm not enough. That margin between what I am and what God wants me to be, that space is for God. That's where he lives. That's where God reigns. And if you are convinced by Brene Brown that you're enough, then God doesn't get any credit. But when you say the only explanation that a dumb hillbilly from Hammond, Indiana could pastor the fastest growing church in America is but God, but God, he'll take the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. He's not waiting for you to learn. He's waiting for you to bow. He's waiting for you to surrender. There's no explanation other than God. What room is there for God if you're enough? The voice crying in the wilderness, he said, I decrease so that you can increase. There's got to be a decrease. The gospel is you are not enough. Your education is not enough. Come on. Daddy's nest egg that he left you with, you trust fund kid, it's not enough. The house that your parents built that never hosted the Holy Ghost You inherited brick and mortar and siding, but you didn't inherit a legacy yet. It's not enough. Oh, I feel the power of God on this one. The only thing that matters in this life is the legacy, the very inheritance of the seed of Abraham. It's the gospel. It's Jesus Christ. Everything else is wood, straw, and hay. Everything else is stubble. I want the gold. It's Jesus when I wake up. It's Jesus on my lunch hour. It's Jesus on my way to bed. It's Jesus in my dreams. I'm giving my kids Jesus. They're giving their kids Jesus. They're giving their kids Jesus, and all of my seed will be blessed because that's the blessing. Oh, you stop feeling guilty because you didn't get the 501c3. You didn't give them the, 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 the holding company. You didn't give them the corporation, but I gave them the kingdom. <laughs> and against that kingdom not even the gates of hell will prevail so don't you feel bad mom because you couldn't give your kid the nike what's that zip up called the nike tech i bought a single mom nike tech for her whole family she said why are you doing this i said well nike tech's kind of cool I said, I want you to give these to your sons and you tell them they still have a father. His name is Jesus. But don't you dare feel guilty because you didn't give your kids material things. You know, just hold that there. Let me keep going. Hannah, 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 23. She said, I prayed for this child. She was praying a drunken prayer, but the Lord's granted me what I asked for. Well, you know, the Lord has a way of granting those crazy prayers. Let me just say that. So now I give him to the Lord for his whole life. He will be given over to the Lord. The lesson that we learn from Hannah is that you're just borrowing your kids. They're under your stewardship, but it's a temporary assignment. And you say, Lord, I did my best. Now you do the rest. Oh, somebody can have that phrase. God, I did my best. Now you do the rest. It takes two parents, you and the Holy Ghost. 
I did my best, now you do the rest, God. I did the best I could. You know I was all my faults and failures, now you do the rest. And now you watch and see that God will send messengers on assignment. You watch and see that they'll be flipping through social media and a voice will come through that phone and somebody will speak to your kid. You watch and see, oh, God is faithful. Remember, in John chapter 15, he says, you have not chosen me, I chose you, that you would bear fruit that remains. Some of you forget that you didn't choose God. John 15 says he chose you. So he's going to choose your children too. He's going to choose your children too. This is, that's, that's the lesson. Now I got another lesson from Mary, the mother of Jesus. She taught us many lessons, but I believe the most important one is the first one. She, she taught all of us the lesson. Don't argue with your spouse. Let the Lord fight your battles. Oh, come on, somebody. It got quiet. The conviction's increasing in the room right now. Ooh, somebody cussed their husband out on the way to Mother's Day church service. I feel it in the spirit. Somebody said, oh, you dog. You didn't even rub my feet today. Well, you got corns. That's why. I tease him. Mary, the mother of Jesus, she had an argument with Joseph before they got married. I got good news. She didn't have to fight her own battle. Now, mind you, she was trying to convince her husband to be that she was overshadowed by the Holy Spirit impregnated. Now, I've watched enough Maury Povich to tell you that don't sound right. That don't sound right. Because you know how many women in the history of humanity got pregnant without another person? None. And uh, he wasn't buying it. But he, but here, let me tell you, Mary didn't fight Joseph. She remained silent and said, the Lord's going to fight my battle. An angelic messenger was sent, and the angel said, Joseph, and I'm putting this in modern vernacular, don't be stuck on stupid. That's God's woman, and he has done this thing. And Joseph came back and said, it's been confirmed. I just want to tell you, this is an option for you. Let the Lord speak to your spouse. Let the Lord speak to your spouse. It's an option. It's an option. And if he doesn't listen, say, Lord, send an angel to smite him. <laughs> Come on, somebody. Don't say that. That's warlock stuff. But it, it sounded good. But the Lord will speak. There have been many times where the Lord spoke to me on behalf of my own wife. And I've had a lot of conf confirmation of that as well. Another woman I want to highlight briefly is a woman named Sarai. Say the name Sarai. Sarai. Now, you know her as Sarah, the wife of Abraham. But when we first see her, her name is Sarai. Now, the name Sarai actually means princess. Isn't that cute? Oh, princess Sarai. She had a dainty name. But in her old age, she was demanded by God to do something that required great faith. As a result of that, she had to make a choice. Am I going to obey God, which requires faith? Or am I going to disobey God? See, when she was wrestling with this, do I birth or try to even birth this baby in my old age that the Lord said I should actually do this thing? Should I even attempt to do it? I love this scripture. It's one of my favorite verses. Genesis chapter 18, verse 14. He says, is anything too hard for the Lord? Is anything too hard for the Lord? See, when she came before God, and said, God, I don't know how I can do this thing. 
The Lord responded, is anything too hard for the Lord? I wish there is a mother who would write that in lipstick on their mirror, in their apartment, every time, every single time they look at themselves in the mirror and they say, my life's always gonna be like this. I'm always stuck. I always get rejected. I always get abandoned. I'm always suffering. I wish you would write Genesis 18, 14 in lipstick on your mirror. And it says, is anything too hard for the Lord? Is anything too I wish that you would put it next to the gas gauge on a post-it in your car and you would look at that every time you're worried about can I afford gas and then you say is anything too hard for the Lord oh some of you got life too easy you forgot what it was like to lean not on your own understanding but in all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your path I can't tell you how many times I've seen the faithfulness of God, the goodness of God. And see, Sarah's name, it was Sarai, which actually meant princess, and it was changed in Hebrew to Sarah, which means noble woman. She became noble after she submitted. She became noble after she came into agreement with God about the impossible, Oh, what impossible things is God asking you to come into agreement with? What impossible things does he want to do through your life? You just have to come into agreement, and when you do, you'll get a name change. Oh, don't call me princess anymore. Oh, I used to be all cute. I used to care what people thought, but now I'm Sarah, noble woman. Now I learned some warfare prayers. Now I learn how to wake up and tarry in the midnight hour. Now, oh, come on, this is old school. Now I know what it's like to be a woman of prayer because when that moment happens, you'll get a name change. And some of you have been nursing the identity of princess when God's like, shift into faith and let me call you noble woman. He wants to take a Sarai and change you to Sarah. You know, she had a life full of hardship and unbelief and doubt, but she kept going back to that promise over and over again, is anything too hard for the Lord? You know, you're not a worshiper because you sing the song when we all sing the song. There's a scripture that says, you honor me with your lips, but your heart is far from me. You know, you're not a worshiper because you sing the lyrics. You know whether or not you're a true worshiper when you're squeezed and you see what comes out. When you get squeezed and you see what comes out, that's who you really are. I'm telling you, that's who you really are. In your lowest moment, when you get the news, when you find out, and it's nothing you ever wanted to hear in your life, your reaction, your response in that moment, that's the truest version of you. Oh, I know it's uncomfortable right now. This is the test that we all face. The reason why we've elevated Job is because when you take everything from Job and you squeeze him, you know what comes out? Though he slay me, yet will I praise him. When you squeeze Joseph and he's a single man and he's in Potiphar's house and his woman's doing squats right in front of him and says, 
come on, let's do this thing. Joseph says, I will not surrender the dream. I'm a man of integrity. When you squeeze me, I will not bow to sexual immorality. You don't know what you are. You're not a giant killer until you stand in front of a giant. And when David stood up in front of a giant, he was proving this is what's in me. This is who I am. And see, greater he that is in me than he that is in the world. You don't know what's inside of you until you're squeezed. It's a reality that we, that's what makes you great. The world calls you great, not because you're perfect, but because when you're squeezed, something uncommon comes out. (laughs) Oh, oh. So this sermon took me 25 years to write. And it's because I'm one of those weird people that wants to keep everything. And I've always believed that things in my life were going to add up on each other and they're going to be mean more later. Now, my wife, on the other hand, she likes to purge stuff. So I'm sentimental. Every scrap of paper, everything that has writing on it, I want to keep it. Oh, it's going to matter. Julie, on the other hand, well, her mansion in heaven's going to be totally empty. She's going to get to heaven. The Lord's going to be like, look, it's just like you like it. Nothing in it. <laughs> you know, that's the tension of our marriage is Julie wanting to throw stuff away and then me wanting to m- memorialize it. That's who we are. And it's funny because 25 years ago, my mother, Sandra, she was faced with what would look like an impossible situation. Uh, let me give you some context because you're about to hear some audio and the audio that you're going to hear is very compelling Had I not given you the context, you would think the complete opposite of what you're about to hear. But let me establish the context. Now, for the Gen Zs, back in the day, this is the 90s, we didn't have phones, but we did have these things called tape recorders. And a tape recorder had what's called a cassette. And you would load a cassette in, you could play, and sometimes you could record, you could even record off of the radio your favorite songs. Y'all remember that? Come on, take me back. Take me back. So here it is in the 90s. As a matter of fact, I asked my nine-year-old, I said, I held up the cassette tape that this audio was on. I said, what is this? And Everly said, I don't know, is that a movie? And I said, what did you say? And girl, this is, we live by these things. So I transferred this over digitally so we could hear it. But it was one of those moments, the Bible talks about putting a stone down for remembrance. Joshua knew that he was going on this journey into the promised land. And he's like, every time God would do something significant, he would say, put a stone down there so that when the next generation says, why is that big stone there? What happened? Then the old timer say, oh, <laughs> we saw the glory. <laughs> it looked impossible. We saw the glory. If you're going to be a good mom, learn how to put a stone down for remembrance sometimes and tell your kids it wasn't always like it is today. Wasn't always like it was today. And so way back when I was a teenager and uh, all of a sudden, here's the news we got. Now, this wasn't Dean, but my mom was married before and she got this news that she had tumors and cysts and she was going to have to get a surgery and then she was gonna be bedridden on the other side of that surgery. Now, any spouse that's reasonable hears that news, and what do you do as a husband? You dig in and you say, this is my time to shine. I'm gonna help. Doesn't that make sense to all y'all? What he did instead 
It's so tragic. At the time, I had my first car. He literally took my car, sold my car for drug money, and left our family indefinitely. So my mom just gets the news. Now, I had two jobs at the time. I don't even have a car to get to work because he sold the car for drugs. Many of you who know the, the horrors of addiction know that this is totally in line with how addicts act. So under that pressure, he sells my car, and then he leaves our family. So here's what my mom is facing. She's got five children. There's no car. The house that we're in was in the hood. No carpet, mice everywhere. And now her husband, who is the primary source of income, has left and is not coming back. These are the situations where child services comes and takes your kids away and separates your family. This is what we were facing 25 years ago. And to be honest with you, I was new to the things of God. I was a young preacher at the time, and I was preaching and ministering. I, I, you know, I was still learning, very much so still learning. And I remember thinking to myself, I wonder what my mom is going to do in this situation. Have you ever been in an impossible situation where you're like, I wonder what happens next? Sometimes God will walk you right up to the Red Sea where you say, well, this thing's going to have to part. This was a Red Sea moment. And all of a sudden, well, tell your neighbor, you got to have a song. Come on, tell your neighbor like this. Say, every season needs a song. When we had our living room, we had no cable television, but we had a sound system. And whenever we would face impossible situations, we would walk over and we would say, we would put on our song. And we would say, it's time to worship. It's time to put on our song. Now, to the world that looks ignorant, what's singing a song going to do? Well, it depends on who you're singing it to. <laughs> when you're drunk singing the song of despair to your friends, ain't nothing going to happen. But when God Almighty begins to feel something in heaven, something from earth is touching me, there's something, there's an activation of faith that's happening right now. So she began to put on that song. And I remember I started hearing her pray. Immediately, my spirit recognized I'm witnessing a stone for remembrance. There's something that is being birthed in my mother. There's something activating in her that we're going to carry for the rest of our lives. So I take my little cassette tape recorder, and I crawl down the hallway so I don't disturb the moment, and I hit record. And I want you to listen to what I heard next. So go ahead and play that. Didn't count Ha, <laughs> ha, 
over great victories in the midst of impossibilities. Now, if I didn't tell you what was going on, you would have thought that we got a new car. If I didn't tell you what was going on, you would have thought she was celebrating because we got a new house. That was one of the darkest moments of our life, but she learned how to become a prophetess because prophets don't speak to what they see in the natural. Prophets speak to what they see in the supernatural. And see, she learned something when she was in the living room. She said, we won. Wait a second. It looks like we lost, but we won. I don't know who this is for, but it's time to learn how to prophesy. And it's going to feel like a lie until you learn how to activate in faith because it sounded like we lost but she saw in the spirit we won we won I don't know who this is for right now you didn't count on suffering you didn't count on pain but if you'll get a song in every season you could be the kind of prophet that rises up and says oh you see that cloud it doesn't look like anything now it looks like the size of a fist but I see rain I see an abundance of rain. Prophets don't speak what everybody else sees. They speak what God is showing them. Single mom, five kids, welfare, bedridden, husband left her, but she's laughing and she's saying, we won. I remember being in the hallway crying, listening to my mom laugh. Do you know what kind of blow it deals to the devil for him to say, I just gave this woman the best I had. I unloaded all of the artillery of hell on her. Why is she laughing? Can you imagine the demons going back, reporting to the lower ranking demons, coming to the higher ranking demons? Why is she laughing? I don't know. But when that woman starts worshiping, we can't stop the anointing. When she brings the glory of God into that room we can't shut her up when we try to cancel her and curse her it comes back on us I don't know why but we can't stop that lady somebody shout unto God take a 10 second praise break if you're ready to let your worship arise sometimes You gotta go back to your roots. You gotta confuse the devil. I said you gotta confuse him. Wait a second. Their dad just walked out. Why do they feel so loved? Oh, when they start mentioning the name of Jesus, his presence rolls into that place and they're being fathered by heaven now. Oh, I hope they don't learn their authority. Oh, I hope they don't learn their dominion. You know why demons listen to my mom? Because my mom operates in a level of dominion and authority. It's not lip service. It's not an incantation. It's the authority that comes through walking through some stuff. Young people, you better listen to your mom. Your mom's speaking from a place of authority. Your mom's been to hell and back for your family. Your mom's been prophesying over you. There's some moms who know what I'm talking about, who know. Listen, you got all this madness in the kingdom right now. People talking about third eyes. People talking about astral projection. I'm old school. I'm talking about applying the blood of Jesus. I'm talking about that anointing oil. There's some moms who know how to plead the blood of Jesus.
Jesus in the old covenant they put that blood up over the doorpost and they said devil spirit of death back up this house is covered by the blood of Jesus and there's some women that who there's some women who know how to apply the blood of Jesus over their doorposts and say, devil, back up. Death can't even come through this house. That's who I'm talking to. There's some mamas. Oh, they may not have it all figured out. Oh, come on. They may not have a presidential IQ. They may not have degrees. They may not have a million dollars in the bank account. But those mamas know how to take their shoes off. Those mamas know how to walk the hallway. Those mamas know when their kids fall asleep, they walk that hallway. Oh, you go to bed. Mama's going to work. You go to bed. Mama's going to deal with some stuff in this house. And there's some moms that know how to bring the glory of God into the hallway. There's some moms who speak through that door and say, why my kids sleeping? Prophetic dreams, God. While they're sleeping, reveal yourself, God. There's some moms who know how to walk the floor. Come on, where's my moms who know how to walk the floor? And say, everywhere I put my feet, the Lord is going to... There's some moms that know how to Jericho walk their way into a new house. There's some moms who know... There's some moms who will pray their way to a new car, prophesy their way into a house. You can't shut a mom up who knows her maker. You can't stop it. Let me tell you, come on, these moms are being stirred up. Some of you have a praying mom. You've been given a lineage. Come on, the women of your, it's crazy women that got us where we were. There was a prostitute named Rahab who's in the lineage of Jesus. And that crazy prostitute, she said, I see another kingdom invading this place. I might be a prostitute, but I'm going to be in the line of Jesus. Some of you don't understand. This world has been advanced by crazy women like a teenage mother named Mary who said, God, if it be so, do it with me. This world has experienced crazy women who said, God, I'm going to have to believe. I'm going to have to believe. If you don't understand why you hear what you hear in this room right now, oh, the medicine didn't work, but the prayer did. Hey, the counseling didn't work, but the prayer did. Hey, the raise on the job didn't work, but the prayer did. (laughs) Oh, there's a level of glory. And these women know the glory. I'll tell you what. My wife, I told her, I said, I'm selling our house. We're moving to New York to pastor a church. And my wife never complained. But I'll tell you why Julie never complained. Because we understood the secret. The secret is a 600 square foot apartment in New York City with the glory of God on the inside of it is a palace. But a 3,000 square foot with a half mile driveway without the presence of God is a prison. And some of you got a white picket prison. 
but put me in a box with the glory of God and I won't even know that I'm in a box when I have his glory I have everything that's what it is the world is searching the world is searching I want fulfillment I want significance I want legacy no you need the glory once you've touched the hem of his garment once you've experienced a withdrawal of the virtue of heaven you will never be the same you will never be the same and there's crazy women crazy women crazy women that said I found the secret I found the secret the woman at the well how do you know this about me Jesus said, I know everything about you John chapter 15 but woman you didn't choose me I chose you <laughs> I chose you Woo! that's why it didn't feel right when you got with that man it didn't feel right because you knew he chose you Jesus had more for you and this is what's happening right now in the kingdom alignment step it in some of you say God some things I did right some things I did wrong but I put it all in your hand now and I hear the Lord saying I'm gonna make all things right now I'm gonna ransom I don't know who that's for some of you are saying some things I did right some things I did wrong but the Lord said once you put it in my hand daughter I'm gonna make it all right I'm gonna work it all out I'm gonna make it all make sense I'm gonna make it all make sense I'm writing a song I'm writing a poem I'm writing a book I'm telling the story through your life I heard the Lord say it's time for a plot twist It's time for a plot twist. Time for the turnaround. Woman named Jochebed. Jochebed was the birth mother of Moses. Pharaoh said, I command every baby boy to be thrown into the Nile River. But Jochebed said, you can't kill my baby. Oh, there's something on the inside of a woman that won't let something little die. Oh, you got a dream. It's little now. Don't you dare let Pharaoh drown it. Oh, you got a vision that's little now. Don't you dare put it in the Nile and drown it. Oh, you got a ministry that's little now. But don't you dare give it to Pharaoh. And Jochebed, the mother of Moses, floated her baby down the Nile. And that baby became a liberator of the nations. Some of you mamas don't realize that the biggest prophets are in your home right now. That the the apostles are in your home right now that the evangelists are in your home right now some of you don't even realize you're a joke bed and you got a Moses on the inside of you you got a Moses in your home right now the devil couldn't stop you because what was inside of you was bigger than you It's what I carry that's bigger than me. This ain't about me. It's about what I carry. A woman knows what I'm talking about.
oh, they don't try to tackle the football player. They're trying to take the ball that they carry. See, there's something on the inside of you. Your children are like arrows in your quiver. The Bible says when you meet your enemies at the gate, they should have been forewarned. God thinks generationally. God thinks generationally. He's been working a plan through your bloodline, and he said, is there a Rahab? Is there a Mary? Is there a Deborah? Come on. Is there a woman? He's been working something out in your bloodline. And he's saying, I found a remnant. I found a righteous woman who fears me. Woo! I found a woman who fears me. And because of that, she will obtain the promise. Oh, this is deep. Oh, this is deep. Oh, this is deep. Is there a Lydia? Lydia was a woman of faith. Lydia was a businesswoman. Lydia is mentioned in the book of Acts. She has a family, but she also has commerce and business. Some of you women feel the shame and the guilt of having to go to work, but I propose to you, Lydia, there's a Lydia remnant in this church. Lydia had influence in Philippi. She traveled to hear the Apostle Paul preach. And there was a group of women that gathered there to meet with Lydia, the very first Free Women Collective. It's in Acts chapter 16. That's your verse. It's Lydia. And these women gathered. And they said, well, we got to do business. We got to pay our bills here in Rome. But we're going to seek first the kingdom. And then all these things are going to be added unto us. And the Bible accounts that Lydia is saved. She's a Gentile. But the Bible records she's a worshiper of God. And I'm here to tell some Lydias today. You've heard the message from Paul. You've received Jesus Christ. And just as in Acts chapter 16, your entire household is about to get saved. There's a Lydia. There's a Lydia. There's a Lydia. There's a Lydia. I hear some Lydias. I hear some Lydias. I hear some Lydias rising up. All her household was saved. All her household is saved. There are some Lydias. Acts chapter 16. Do it again, God. Do it again. <laughs> you hear that sound? <laughs> You hear that sound? That's, that's an aroma to heaven. That's how you make it through the darkest night is that sound. That's how you make it through depression. That's, that's the sound you make when you choose not to kill yourself. That's the sound you make when you choose not to back up or back down. That's the sound you make when you say, I'm not giving up territory to the devil. I'm not giving him an inch anymore. That's the sound the Bible says that her heel will crush the devil's head. That's the sound of a heel digging in. That's the sound of a heel digging in. That's the sound of a heel digging into his head it says this is why the serpent came to eve but eve is coming back through jesus christ to finish finish the victory it's the sound of a heel going into his head to exercise the authority of the kingdom Woo. demons hate the sound of women who won't stop praying. Demons hate the sound of those worship songs they won't stop playing. 
Demons hate the sound of warfare. They hate the sound of their feet walking the floors. It's the sound of power. It's the sound of power. It's the sound of an army marching. Marching on carpet. Marching on tile. Marching on the job. Come on, I got to flow in the prophetic. I hear the Lord saying, you know the names of your babies. Don't give naming rights to the enemy. You know the names of your babies. Don't give naming rights to the enemy. You tell those babies who they are. You tell those babies what they are. Oh, the devil will not have naming rights over your babies. Oh, the devil won't have the final say over your babies. Oh, I'm telling you, families are on the line right now. Families are on the line right now. Oh, devil, you might as well let go of it now because we're going to take it. The kingdom of heaven suffers violence, but the violent take it by force. And there's some violent mamas up in our church who are saying, devil, I'm about to rip it out of your hand. You better just give it up now. I'm about to rip it out of your hands. You can't have what the Lord gave me. You can't touch what the Lord gave me. Touch not his anointed. Neither do his prophets any harm. Devil, you better back up. You better let go now because I'm going to take it back. And I got good news for some of you mamas you're about to take back fourfold 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 everything that was stolen from you this is the last thing I want to say because it's prophetic Shoot. the Jewish perspective on restoration because the Jewish people were a people of weights and measurements the Jewish people were a people of fairness and justice. So in the court of law, when something would be deemed restoration, when there would be a command, you must give it back. Never did you give back one for one because that's not justice. One for one does not account. Oh, this is a word. One for one does not account for the mental toll. One for one does not account for the emotional toll. One for one does not account for the loss of time. The only way to reconcile theft was you give back four for one. Four for one. I don't know who I came here to tell this to, but from the Jewish roots and the very lineage of Scripture, you are about to obtain fourfold what was stolen from you. Not one for one, not one one for two. I'm talking a fourfold return on everything that was stolen from you and your lineage, a fourfold return. I said a fourfold return has to be given back to you more than you were taken, more than what was stolen from you more than one because the devil's gonna have to pay back what happened to your mind the devil's gonna have to take back pay back what happened to your emotion the, the devil's gonna have to pay back what happened to your time it's a fourfold return and I say give it back we're taking it back a fourfold return <laughs> Oh, 
There it is. Come on, there it is. Come on, across every location, let his glory begin to descend down on you. If you're new to this, this is the presence of God. Quite simply, the king is walking into the room. Prepare yourself. We're going to take the next two minutes. The king is walking into the room. Right now, at every campus, some of you say, I don't have a husband. Your husband's walking into the room right now. Woo! Hey! Some of you say, I'm single. I don't have a husband. Your husband's walking into the room right now. Prepare, prepare your heart. He's coming. This is the glory of the Lord. Oh, there it is. There it is. He's healing wounds. He's healing wounds of rejection, self-confidence issues, issues in your confidence, issues in your confidence. You are not dumb. You are not stupid. You are not dumb. You are intelligent. You have the wisdom of God. You have the knowledge of God on the inside of you. He's finishing up processes that he started in you. You are not a victim of trauma. You are not a victim of trauma. Yes, you are traumatized, but you are not a victim anymore. There's an identity change that's happening to somebody right now. Oh, come on. Somebody's been violated. Somebody's been molested and abused. But the Lord says, I'm giving you your confidence back. I'm giving you your confidence back and the Lord says what I call is pure is pure what I call pure is pure says the Lord what I call redeemed is redeemed says the Lord all condemnation all shame and guilt your power is broken loose them now loose them now financial lack be broken I release the favor of God. Come on, you're walking in favor. You're walking in his favor. Come on, you're walking in favor. Favor, favor. I want to speak as the father of this church. The muzzle is right now coming off. And it's time to prophesy. <laughs> the muzzle is coming off. It's time to prophesy. 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 Prophesy, prophesy, the muzzle is coming off. Come on, as the father of this house, get up on my shoulders, climb up my back. Come on, you got one man that's for you now. You got one man that's for you now. Climb up on my back, get up on my shoulders and prophesy, prophesy. Start speaking the things that aren't as though they were. Start prophesying. Hey. Prophesy. 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 The muzzle is off. The muzzle is off. You will speak the word of the Lord. 
you will say thus saith the Lord you will declare a thing and it will be established unto you I'm saying as the father of this house the muzzle is off climb my back get up on my shoulders and prophesy tell the world what the Lord says tell the world what the Lord says daughters rise and prophesy there's no holding you back this is a church full of confident men this is a church full of praying men this is a church with men that don't have agendas this is a church of men that don't have motives I say the muzzle is off and I say from the north the south the east and the west prophesy 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 speak the word of the Lord it is rare in the earth today and we must prophesy They're going to ask you, where'd you get that idea? I prophesied. They're going to ask you, why does it always seem to work out for you? I prophesy. They're going to say, I don't understand. You just keep increasing. I prophesy. I prophesied. I prophesied. Oh, the prophets are rising. The prophets are rising. Oh, the news says one thing, but the prophets say another. Oh, the preachers say one thing because they defile the pulpits, but the prophets rise up in the spirit of truth and wisdom. Oh, the prophets are rising. Oh, there's no news agency that's strong enough to shut down the prophets. There's no social media platform potent enough to stop the power of the Holy Ghost because there's another satellite in the sky. It's the voice of the Holy Ghost. And I say it's time to release the word of the Lord. It's time. It's time. It's time to prophesy what the Lord is saying. It's time to open our mouth and release. Thus saith the Lord. Come on, let it out. 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 Come on, don't let anybody lower the volume. Don't let anybody lower the volume. You let that come out of your belly. You let that come out of your stomach. You let that come out of your belly. You let that come out of your stomach. Why did the devil attack your womb? Let it out of your belly. Let that out! Let that out!
the breath of God is blowing breathing fresh wind fresh wind fresh wind fresh wind the breath of God is breathing over you fresh wind you're gonna dream in color you're gonna dream in color somebody's feeling excitement somebody's feeling excitement somebody's starting to feel life coming back into their bones dry bones dry bones dry bones dry bones shh, shh, shh. breathe God breathe 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 he's resuscitating his people he's breathing he's breathing he's breathing into your lungs he's breathing into his into your lungs his life breathe 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 this is the glory there's a realm beyond the anointing and it's called the glory this is where the ministers can't even stand to minister across every location the glory the glory of the Lord in Bakersfield California right there where there's a vat of alcohol but there's the wine of the Spirit flowing right now right there in Northwest Indiana it's the realm of the glory beyond the anointing is the glory the glory the glory the glory the glory the glory If you're not already prayer team begin to pray for whoever needs prayer just disperse throughout the building or come up to the front whatever is happening at your location just begin to steward the glory steward the glory steward the glory <laughs> there's some darkness coming out of people right now there's some darkness coming out of some women right now there's some darkness coming out the light shines in the darkness there's some generational darkness coming out there's some generational darkness coming out Aaron was brought through seven rounds of consecration and the Lord says I'm bringing you through another round right now another round some of you say Lord when are you gonna be done the Lord says I'm finishing what I started right now I'm finishing what I started some of you have said how many times do I have to get delivered the Lord says I'm finishing what I started I smell an aroma right now of a of a fragrance of a cologne I smelled the fragrance of a cologne And the Lord says, my presence is going to inhabit the praises of my people. And like a cologne, it's going to linger on your life. Like a cologne, you'll go into your places of work and they'll say you've been in the presence of the Lord. Like a cologne, you'll go to visit your family and they'll smell the aroma of my presence on your life. Try to smell it in the spiritual realm right now because I smell a cologne. I smell the fragrance of the cologne. It's like a fragrance of God. Some of you are going to receive a reminder. You're going to be driving in your car and you're going to begin to smell the fragrance of this cologne. 
And the Lord's going to say, I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm with you. Let's just take a few more moments to continue to facilitate the atmosphere of the glory. I've taught you the secret. I taught you the secret. There's a realm beyond gifting. There's a realm beyond the anointing. It's the glory. I taught you the secret today. It's the glory. You bring the glory of the Lord into a place. And more will happen when you're not ministering than when you are. It's the glory. <laughs> Come on, we don't have to go anywhere. It's your Mother's Day presence. The presence of God. I'm going to just wrap it up, but we're going to keep this environment open. We're going to allow people to receive. We're going to allow people to continue to receive prayer at every location. <laughs> oh, presence of God is so strong. <laughs> Let me just pray. Father, I pray over each person right now that we call every valley high and every mountain low. That we operate in the fullness of the authority that you've given us. Lord, I thank you that this next week you're going to continue to take us from glory to glory. Father, continue to finish that which you started. God, we thank you that this Mother's Day, an unforgettable time, and Lord, we thank you. In all things, you are worthy to be praised. Keep them, protect them, bring them back to every location, Lord. Bring them back. 
Jesus' name. We're gonna continue to have the front open across every location and every campus. You don't have to leave yet. We're gonna honor and reverence the presence of God. If you have to go, that's okay. And I would love to see you back next Sunday. We're gonna continue this series. I'll be here and I can't wait to see you. I love you, I'm so proud of you. And I'm so, so excited to see what God does next. We're gonna keep this environment just for a few more moments and keep the altars open. Love you guys and we'll see you next Sunday. If you wanna go to...